Good evening, Harvest family. Welcome to United Prayer Night. Come on, let's stand. Let's give God praise. He is so worthy. And God, like never before, we need you right now. We need you like never before, God. So move. Move on this service, God. Move on this nation. Move on our country. Move on this church, God. Move on your people. That we believe that the best is yet to come. Somebody say that with me tonight. The best is yet to come. Anybody believe that? That the best is yet to come. Go ahead and give him glory. We praise him in advance. Lord, we thank you tonight. Stop now, I know. I know. Break through. 
ceiling. I know he made me a promise and it won't stop now. I see miracles, signs, wonders, breakthroughs. tonight your presence is an open door we want you Lord like never like never before your presence, your presence is an open, is an door. open door so come now Lord Sometimes we have not because we act not. So right now, open your doors right now. Whatever breakthrough you're looking for, whatever miracle you're looking for, receive it right now. I believe that my breakthrough is coming. I believe that my breakthrough is coming. Hallelujah. My breakthrough is coming. My healing is coming. My deliverance is coming. But you got to believe it. You got to have it. It says, by faith, by faith, by faith. I see a miracle. Woo! Faith without works is dead. So Lord, we believe in you tonight that we have the faith. I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Everybody sing, I know. Stand on that promise tonight. I know. I know. Great standing on the promises of God. Faith, I see a miracle. My God. My God. Made me a promise and it won't stop now. It won't stop now. I know. Great through. Great through is coming. My faith. I see a miracle.
light's off, it means it's on. I had the light on and it was off. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm an analog type thinker. Isn't Jesus wonderful? All the time. I have something I want to share with you just for a few moments. You can just remain standing. And uh, obviously our hearts should be heavy as what we've seen happen at the capital of the United States of America in Washington. You know, whatever party you have endorsed or voted for, nothing, but nothing should come against we, the people of the United States of America. We are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Violence, destruction, burning, shooting by liberals or conservative, it's just not acceptable. One of the things I respected so much about Martin Luther King Jr. is that he also, he always tried to have peaceful demonstrations. And this is what he said. In spite of temporary victories, violence never brings permanent peace. And uh, our family tonight before we came to church, a little while, Hannah had to go early, of course. And it's just like I couldn't get to church fast enough. Could you? I mean, you know, no matter who we vote into government, God, man is not the solution. We're going to pray for whoever gets in the offices and respect them. Sometimes we got to peel back some things behind the curtain in the spirit and take care of the instigator of violence, the instigator of death, the instigator of these violent acts. Martin Luther King also said if we adopt the means of nonviolence because our end is a community of peace with itself, We'll try to persuade with our words, but if our words fail, we'll persuade in our good actions. Nonviolence is a powerful and just weapon which cuts without wounding and ennobles the man who wields it. It is the sword that heals. You know, the, uh, the Constitution guarantees, of the United States guarantees the right to a peaceful assembly. We have seen rioting for a few months now, and today the violence in the Capitol, it just took it to a different level. It's not right. I said it's not right. Peaceful demonstration, fine, but no, no, the crashing in into the actual capital of the United States of America. I don't want to speak against those who be in authority there, but it seems like they should have been better prepared. But the anarchy that those want to destroy the United States of America, we have to understand something. A divided house cannot stand. So today, tonight, why don't you just go ahead and begin to pray with me. I'm going to just pray over the United States of America, and we're going to call upon God, because if my people which are called by name, my, my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll heal their land. And Father, we come boldly to the throne of grace, and we know things will not change in our nation Things will not change anywhere until we pray. Heavenly Father, we come again today. Every single day, I realize how much more I need you. And we come in the name of Jesus, not in our own name, not in our own power, not in our own holiness, not in our own goodness, but we come in the name of Jesus, washed in the blood of Jesus, robed in his righteousness. We come boldly 
because you told us to. And as a matter of fact, things that have happened or not happened, you're going to look to the church that should have prayed them through and prayed them out. We'll be accountable to some things. It's a, it's, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. God is a loving God. Don't get me wrong, but you know what? The Word says in Romans, behold the goodness and the severity. I think... God, I just ask you to restore in the church of God the spirit of the fear of the Lord. First, we're supposed to be salt and light. You said in your word to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may attain help and grace to help in the time of need. So, Father, we are exalted in your word to pray, intercede, supplicate, to give thanks for all that be in authority. That believers everywhere may lead a quiet and peaceable life. We didn't see that today for sure. Father, we pray of our president and every member of Congress, the Supreme Court, the President's Cabinet, everyone that's in authority, that divine wisdom and grace will be given unto them and direction will be given unto them. Father, those going in the wrong direction, I'm asking you, visit them with an angelic visitation. Father, like Saul was going in the direction he truly thought was right, he was thrown off his horse and he proclaimed Jesus as Lord. And I want to say Jesus is Lord over the United States of America. Jesus is Lord over our government. Jesus is Lord over the church. We come against the powers of darkness, the forces of evil that would try to dominate and rule over the nation. We rise up against that darkness. We rise up against the spirits that dispel darkness. In the name of Jesus, devil, take your hands off this political scene. We rebuke any foul spirit that's trying to operate in this nation right now to divide America rather than unite America. We pray that every politician, everyone that's in office, they'll not be so concerned about politics, that they'll not be so party conscious, but they'll be concerned about we, the people, our nation as a whole, and above all, put God first in every matter. We come against the powers of darkness that would try to endeavor to dominate the financial scene of our nation. We pray for our economy of our nation. We pray about the unemployed. We pray that the economy will be turned around, that we'll be prosperous as a nation to continue to fulfill our assignment of carrying this gospel around the world. And Father, I thank you for prospering everyone here at Harvest that we're responsible for so we can continue to tithe and give and impact this world both in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We command the devil and all his cohorts, take your hands off the financial scene of this nation. We come against the powers of darkness, the forces of evil that would endeavor to dominate the domestic scene of our nation. We command you, Satan, and all your cohorts, take your hands off the domestic scene of our nation. May there be peace. We speak peace. May there be tranquility. May there be understanding from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from the Gulf of Mexico to Canadian border. We speak and we sweep the air clean of demons and demonic forces and powers of evil that would hinder, that would try to dominate in Jesus' name. We come against all forces that are wrong. We take authority over every stronghold that would try to endeavor and hinder the process of a right person being elected to lead this country. In the power of Jesus' name, in the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, in His delegated authority, I enforce the devil's defeat tonight. In Jesus' name, I bind the power of the devil over all the political scene. 
Keep your hands off this government, the economic and social scene. Every foul spirit that's trying to affect any of these areas, in the name of Jesus, you stop your maneuvers. You stop your plots and your demonic strategies. You cease and desist in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We release these words. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. We honor you. We praise you. And Father, we thank you that you gave us the Holy Spirit to rise up strong on the inside of us to pray out things we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And we're going to pray tonight because we've got to pray not only about this government, but we've got to pray over the body of Christ at large. And I found myself praying for people today and in and, and, and several days just rebuking any wrong spirit that's trying to forfeit their future, thinking they're going in the right direction, but yet they're in manipulation. They're under the wrong spirit. So I thank you, God. We tear away any blinders off of all that being authority in this government. In the name of Jesus, we tear off blinders of deception off of the body of Christ. Oh, Father, we thank you. When you're in things, there's always peace. There's unity. There's an anointing. And as we are praising worship God, I was like, God, I just wish the whole United States of America and the world could experience the presence of God here, here at Harvest Church and many other good places to assemble. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. And tonight we're here to pray out the divine mysteries over these things that are grieving our hearts and your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you. We're going to go right now into our announcements. If you go ahead and look at the video. Hi, I'm Kana McGee, and welcome to Harvest Church. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for being a part of the service. And if you're here in the house, it is great to see you. This year, we are growing together and serving better. So let's see what's happening at Harvest Church. Hey, whether you're here in the house or you're watching online and you're new, we want to say you belong here. Simply text HOME to 336-844-4102. We want to connect with you. This year, we are launching a discipleship series happening on the second Wednesday night of every month. So come on out and hear from a different member of our leadership team every second Wednesday. They're gonna share a word that's gonna challenge our faith because this year we are growing together. It's that time again. We get to come together and keep our homeless community warm. Throughout the month of January, we're gonna be collecting gently used or new blankets, socks, hats, and gloves. So you can drop your items off in our containers out in the foyer. Thank you Harvest Church for helping keep our community warm. Young adults, listen up. If you're between the ages of 18 to 29, the first SALT Night of 2021 is happening this Friday, January 8th at 7 p.m. right here at Harvest Church. This is a great place to meet some new friends, have some great food, great fellowship, and hear the word. So come on out and bring a friend. 
We're so thankful for the volunteers that we have here. And during this time of prayer and fasting, our pastors want to pray specifically for our volunteers. So on January 20th, Wednesday night, come out or watch us online as pastors pray for you and your area. I'm looking forward to see you there. Whether you're watching at home or here in the house, thank you for tuning in. We're so excited for what God is doing in Harvest Church as we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Amen. Thank you so much for those wonderful video notes. But one we have to go ahead and, and tweak a bit is the salt night. We're going to have to postpone it because we hear there's weather coming. Did you hear weather's coming? So are you, are you praying for it or against it? How many, how many want snow to happen? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit late for Christmas, but anyway. All right. Well, let's go ahead and prepare our hearts to receive tonight's offering. And I want to thank you, my wife and I, and from the bottom of our heart, thank you for being faithful in tithing and giving because that's the reason why we exist as a church. Not this as a church, how we exist. You meet, uh, by meeting the need of the budget, then also we supply uh, ministries both in our um, surrounding areas, ministry in this church, ministry in our region and around the world, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. Sometimes I'll sit there and just watch the things going on. I'm like, man, I'm really glad I go to this church. <laughs> say, well, you're the pastor. Aren't you supposed to be glad? I know some pastors that aren't so happy to be at their church, but I'm not that one. I, I love Harvest Church, all right? So if you can put up the different ways we give at Harvest Church, first of all, you give online by uh, just going to our website, harvest-triad.com, and you have the giving button, and you just follow those instructions. Then number two, we give by text, text to give, text the amount to 84321. Uh, you can also give on the, our church app. And then finally, on the back of the chairs, you've got the envelopes. So go ahead and uh, give that way. And then you can give while you're going out tonight to right or left. We have very safe uh, place where you can put your tithe and offering, all right? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've already done tonight, and you've got some more things you want to accomplish tonight. But Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name for the privilege to give. Jesus, your Lord, even of my finances, your Lord of every aspect of my life. So whatever your word says to do concerning giving and tithing and giving, I'm telling you, I'm just so thankful that you're my supplier of every need. I'm thankful that you meet every need of this house, of this church. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for, for good things happening in unexpected ways. Father, thank you for, for the favor of God upon our life and for jobs and better jobs in the triad and just for blessing the people in Jesus' name because they give, it's given unto them good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I thank you, Father, for multiplying the seeds that we sow so we can be a greater blessing, so we can prepare for our future, so that we can obey you, Father. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. We all agree by saying amen. Would you stand with me tonight as we worship, and then uh, my wife will lead us on. to be committed to him, to be submitted to him. Father, you said it's your goodness that draws man to repentance. And Father, that while we were yet sinners, God, that you, you loved us, hallelujah. And God, that you died for us, hallelujah. For God so loved that he gave, hallelujah. God, you gave your best, God, and we give you our best on tonight. 
We give you our best by living lives, God, that are is fully committed and submitted to you, devoted to you, God, on tonight. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord God.
this house. Jesus, we lift you high. Oh, we thank you that you are in this house. Oh, Father, you are present with everyone watching online. That as we come together tonight, united together as one, with one heart, as one man, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Oh, we thank you for taking us places in prayer that we need to go tonight. That we go together in united prayer, Father. Oh, we thank you. We thank you for leading us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are the God of our life. You are our source. Oh, no person, no place, no thing, no, not even the United States of America. Oh, not our government, not our party. You are our source. And you are the one that we represent above all others, Father. You are the one that we praise. You are the one that we magnify. You are the one that we are all about in our everyday life. Oh, our heart is to become more and more like you, to please you in everything that we do, in what we talk about, in what we post, in how we live our life, in our voice, in those around us, that we please you. And one thing we know is that you are a God of love. You are a God of unity. Oh, you are a God of forgiveness. You are a God of restoration. And we look to you tonight to do what only you can do. And Father, right now we open up our heart to you as we go into a time of just talking about prayer. And God, I ask that you, and I've already asked, but I thank you that you have prepared the hearts of every listener tonight, that we have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And I bind deception over this house and, and the body of Christ around this world because we're all in this together to promote the kingdom of God. We're not promoting a minister, a teacher. We're promoting Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not promoting our own message. We're promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you for your help. You have ordained the church. You have called your people. And God, we thank you. We have ears to hear tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being with us tonight. And I want to go ahead and prompt all those praying with me tonight. You're not going to rush because I'm going to take a little bit of time up front. I'm going to take a little bit more time than normal. So... We're not going to rush in our prayer time because I really felt strong on my heart to share some things with you, but um, we're not going to slight the, the prayer. You know, my husband said, a house divided cannot stand, talking about the United States and the different parties. And do you know a church divided cannot stand? And the enemy likes nothing more than to divide the house of God because he interrupts kingdom business when he tries to do that. And for too long, the church has sat by and we've become at times looking more and more like the world when we should be looking different 
than the world. What do you mean, Misty? If you understand the perspective of a pastor, and if anyone has pastored for more than four years, you know every four years the enemy tries to divide that house because of political situations. When we should be united on the kingdom of God and conducting kingdom business and not letting the world creep into the church and bring division in the church. I'm not kidding, guys. I know when we first started, I don't, in this building, when we moved from the storefront to this house, and that's when we had the choir. Someone left our church because someone singing on the choir had a bumper sticker on their car that was a different party than them. This is absolutely ridiculous. You see the world we're living in now. How else? He's tried to bring division into the house of God with the racial tension in the world. It should not be in the house of God. Now just, just really think about this because I want to show you something tonight just to help bring perspective where the body of Christ is today. You think about just those two incidents that the world is so filled with hate and destruction in this world. And then you throw COVID in the mix and you try pastoring in this day and this hour with, oh, you shouldn't be doing this in the church. You're not doing that enough in the church. And listen, we respect every single person. We love to hear your voice and give us our, your opinion of, you know, that's fine, but don't be divisive with opinions. Share your opinions. And those watching online, whatever church that God has planted you in, you know, it's interesting people say, well, I'm just deciding where I'm going to go. Well, the Bible I read is God plants you in the house. He tells you where to go. And wherever he's planted us, it's not going to always look pretty sometimes. We're going to have some attitudes. Thank God, because that means we're bringing in more people that need Jesus, and they're still growing. Maybe they're taking baby steps, but give them grace. This is a serious day, and the body of Christ has got to come together for such a time as this and stop the division in the house of God. You know, although we like hearing you know, your input, but realize we just don't make decisions off the top of our head. We pray about them. We seek godly counsel. We have counsel in this church and we have godly counsel outside of this church that we have past, a pastor over our life, that we submit to leadership to another pastor that we help in this region with ministers. You hear us say with Bishop Hash and with Pastor Hagen. We are submitted to, and we're just not running the house. And, you know, my heart is so for the body of Christ. There are so many people that's had to close their church. Cannot we stand on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we not sons and daughters of God? Then why? Let's stop the chatter. Stop the disagreement. If you can't, what did your mom always tell you? If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's what God says too. You say things to build and lift up and not to tear down. 
Because when you're tearing down a minister, you're tearing down the body of Christ. And if you don't understand something about a minister, pray for them. I want to read this scripture. And the church should be about unity, love, and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love this prayer that Jesus prayed for his followers. And not only did he pray for his followers, he prayed for those that he knew that would accept him one day. And in John 17, Jesus said these things when he was just lifting and raising his eyes to prayer to his heavenly father. In verse 20, I'm reading this from the message. He says, I'm praying. He was talking to our heavenly father not only for them that are saved, but also for those who will believe in me. Because of them and their witness about me, the goal is for all of them to become one heart and one mind. Just as you, Father, and you and me and I, and I and you, we are one. So they might be one heart and one mind with us with who with God not with man I stand with God so they might be with us then the world might believe that you in fact sent me the same glory you gave me I gave them so they'll be as unified and together as we are I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you loved me. So I want to show you a clip tonight. I want to set this up. And the reason why I'm showing you this is so that we can have a perspective as houses of God all around this world. We are all promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this kind of gives you a global um, perspective just of what the church is going through and leadership is going through. Um, his name is Matt Whitman. It's gonna take 15 minutes and then we're gonna get right into prayer because I wanna start out praying on unity and I wanna pray for the body of Christ all around this world. Um, Matt Whitman, he grew up as a pastor's kid. He also pastored for 20 years. Um, now he has a YouTube channel where he shares Christian um, topics and, and talks about different things. But when I heard this, it was like, that just brings such perspective of what the church at large is going through. Because the enemy is trying his best to throw everything at the church right now, to divide the church. So really pray, I pray, and you watching online, just have an open heart um, as you listen to this, and we're gonna come right back and get into prayer. That Some of you are getting after your pastors and your church leaders during this whole COVID thing, and I would like to respectfully ask you to knock that off immediately and turn around from that behavior and go in the exact opposite direction. Here's what I mean. The pastor thing is tough as it is. I did this job for 
over 20 years in a big church and a medium-sized church, I know what it is to be the senior pastor of a church, to meet with elders. And one of the realities that people might not anticipate in that role is that you're constantly being nudged by good people from your church. They see a thing in church, they want it to be more this way or more that way, and they'll just catch you around town, at the grocery store, at the gym, at the kids' ball game, in the hallway, and shoot the breeze, and you catch up on their life a little bit, and then you get the little nudge, like, oh, I was thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe this way for this particular question. It's fine. It's totally valid for them to communicate what they're thinking. Usually there's a Bible verse or a rationale behind it. Great. But what people sometimes don't anticipate is that then you walk down the next aisle of the grocery store and you meet somebody who you also really like and who's a great person and who sees it different and has a different Bible verse. And they're like, you know, that thing, I kind of like it if we went more uh, that way. Cool, that's totally appropriate and that's fine. Appreciate the feedback. So you take all that stuff and then you go to your elder meeting. And you sit down with the leaders of your church or whatever the leadership board of your church is called and your experience is anything like mine. Uh, it's a great board, great leaders, wonderful people. My favorite meeting, my favorite time of the week was those elder meetings. It's so honest and candid and you workshop everything. And usually what you do is you're like, all right, well, we got a couple issues on the table here. There isn't really a Christian answer to this. Let's kind of shoot the middle here. Everybody feels heard. Everybody gets some of what they want. That will breed peace. It'll be great. No cost to anybody. But some other stuff that people are nudging you about, you sit down with your team and you talk and you're like, this is a one or a zero. They're mutually exclusive things, and they both have Bible verses. What are we going to do? Somebody is going to be told no, and somebody is going to be told yes. And no matter how creative you try to be and how clever you try to be, you find yourself in that conundrum. That is the situation your pastors and church leaders are facing with the COVID-19 situation. You really got two camps, right? You got the people who are very invested in, are very convinced by the lockdown mask mitigation strategy. We've been pretty fixated on that strategy since early in the game. And some people look at the data and say, it's effective. Some really brilliant people look at the data. In fact, the majority right now look at the data and say, we got to go with the lockdowns. We got to go with the masking. We got to go with the six feet social distancing thing. You know what? They could be exactly right. And so for them, believing that they are, of course, 100% infallibly right, and that it's a life and death issue, they're going to go to your pastor and be like, we need to suspend church. We need to roll with the government mandates. We need to even double and triple the things that they are asking us to do. We need to sanitize all the surfaces every hour. Like they're going to be people who are going to want to go all the way over the top maximum down this direction because they think lives are at stake. They could be right. You got to respect Somebody there is saying, I value life, I value the well-being of other people, and this is how I want church to look to reflect that. But then over here, you got all these other people who are like, I value life and the well-being of people, and I got a lifelong track record that supports that. And I don't read the data the same as them. I don't think that the strategies that we're employing are actually effective. In fact, I think they could even be dangerous. And that is also a reasonable read that somebody could have on the data. And even that moment right there is causing some of you to guffaw. What? That's science denying. And I mean, look, the World Health Organization is telling us that lockdowns are not a great primary mechanism for dealing with this situation, that it's a secondary temporary tool to gird up our defenses against something that is a very real threat. So 
there is a rational read on the data in more than one way. And then rational, good people who read something in the text and have a Bible verse come to your pastor or your church leader. And for them, it is life and death. For them, it is the future of religious freedom and the future of the soul of this nation. Imagine you're that pastor. Which one of those things do you think you probably ought to forfeit since it's one or the other? Add to that. Your pastor has no doubt been notified multiple times, maybe by you, that John F. MacArthur Jr. at his church in California, with thousands and thousands and thousands of members, stood up to the government and told them no, defied government orders and did what he was going to do anyway. And maybe you think that your local pastor in your church of 80 ought to do the exact same thing and tell that government that they can pound sand and we're not taking this anymore. Well, John F. MacArthur Jr. was running a mental equation that made sense to him for what most glorifies God, which is the point of the church, what most advances the kingdom, and what most reaches people with the values of the kingdom and the message of the king, who is Jesus. And he decided that the best way to do that was to do what he did. Say, nope, we're meeting in person just as we have done it, and we will continue to do it. And you cannot obstruct our right to free association and expression of religion. Okay, but guess what? Your local pastor and your local leaders are running a different equation. They're in a different place. They're in a different place in the life cycle of their church. They have a different congregation. They have a different situation health-wise, policy-wise, tone-wise, ethos-wise in their community. And they're running the equation as best as they can to do what they think makes sense. Could they be wrong? Yep. Could I be wrong? Once again, yep. Could you be wrong? Yes. Yes, you could be wrong too, even on your deeply held assumptions. Look, for the last 18 months, as I record this, unbelievable amounts of money have been spent on making you angry and mistrustful of other people. Unfortunately, that's how political parties and elections work. They know they're not going to get us out to vote unless we are mad at someone and afraid of someone. If you deny this reality, that every bit of media, every device in your life has been harnessed and weaponized against your heart to make you dislike other people and mistrust other people, I think you're living in a fantasy land. And if you think that hasn't had an effect on your soul, I also think you're living in a fantasy land. It's affected me, and I think it has affected you. I think it is a terrible crisis that every four years in our country, we have two and a half years of healing up from what we do to each other during election season, and then 18 more months of ripping back open that just starting to heal wound from the way we treat each other during these times. It's an election year. I don't know about other pastors, but I can tell you what the worst years of ministry are for me, 2016, 2012, 2008, 2004, 2000. You can set a clock to it. People get worked up, get told to be angry and mistrustful, and it translates to church. My friends, people who do not love you and do not care about you and do not care about the well-being of your soul from two gigantic political machines have just invested billions upon billions of dollars in making you angry and mistrustful of others. It is leaking over into how we treat each other in church. And the only way we can stop it is to refuse to participate in that, is to refuse to treat each other that way. 
I get the COVID-19 thing is weird. I am sympathetic to the people who say that the way we're responding is not totally in keeping with the data and might not be the best mitigation approach. I get it. I get the people who are saying this is real. People are dying. Take it seriously. You're right, too. I get it. But the place where this fight needs to happen is not in church. What you need to be doing in your church is proactively nurturing unity with a vigor and an intensity and a commitment level that is unmatched in your entire life. Right now, we've got to double and triple down on, I don't care how much I disagree with you, other church person. I don't care how much I disagree with you, pastor person, on these political issues that are floating around out here. I have your back. I will stand with you when it's hard. Nobody's going to pat you on the back for standing with each other when it's easy and being unified when it's easy. Now the heat is turned up. Now here we are. And a whole bunch of us who have been wounded and hurt by peripheral things that have nothing to do with you and have been inflicted on you because of that hurt, maybe because of some stuff that's even wrong in our souls, we're not standing up to the pressure well enough. Here's what I'd propose. Proactively nurture peace. You can come up with a whole bunch of practical ways to do that. Two, if you've griped about your church leaders or your pastor, call the people you've griped to and straighten it out. Just repent of that approach to how you are thinking about your relationship with church and your leaders. Three, if you've caused problems for the people who are having to make these difficult decisions, whether you agree with the decisions they've made or not, without conceding that you agree or don't agree, call them and apologize. That's what the Bible says to do. You go to them and you work the thing out. As soon as you realize you were wrong, you drop what you were doing on your way to this religious thing or that religious activity. You go and you seek out the person and you straighten the thing out with them. Do it. It'll be liberating for your soul. And if you do it the second this video is over, you will feel like a different human the second you hang up the phone and are done doing the right thing. Fourth, renounce your imagined right to control the situation. That's something you can only do in your own mind and in your own soul, but that's what needs to happen. We all imagine we should be the one calling the shots, and church is just not the place to play that out. Now, we do live in a democratic republic. If you think that your elected officials are making the wrong decisions and this is the wrong approach one way or the other, you have a mechanism to go and address that. Exercise it. Maybe it is time to say the collateral damage of lockdowns, it's overstayed, it's welcome, it isn't the right thing. Maybe it's time for you to go and make your point, but don't use your church as a pawn to do that. Go make the point toward the people who the point needs to be made toward. Maybe it's time to double and triple down on everything. I don't agree with that read, but if you feel that way, don't demand that of your pastor. Go out and talk to the people who are your elected officials. Go out and use the mechanisms provided to you to deal with that, but separate church in your brain and renounce your imagined right to control it. Release it. Instead of jumping church right now, wait. If you want to change churches when all this is over, cool. Right now, that hurts unity. It tears people up. It discourages your leaders horribly. If the best they can do is an online meeting, go to the online meeting. Attend at a more regular rate than you did before. Don't rattle the saber about, we're going to do it this way, or you're going to have to do without my giving. Yeah, just go and read the Gospels and see how people who talk like that come off looking when confronted with the king himself. Jesus is not a fan of that stuff. Humility, grace, patience, an acknowledgement that of course we could be wrong, an acknowledgement that even if we do happen to be right, there's a useful, constructive way to go and do something about that. These long-suffering, humble mentalities are going to go a long ways for nurturing the peace and unity of your local church right now and the world 
needs us to do that. They don't know that. There are a lot of people who think that we worship an invisible sky ghost and the whole thing is completely fake. There are good people who think that, people who get a lot of stuff right and are decent who think that. There are people who are super angry and mad at us who think that. But what we do is important. The church isn't just important for overtly religious stuff. The church is important because it has a preservative role. The church is salt and light in the world kingdom that that peppers, that seasons that world kingdom with the really unique, spicy flavor of the truer, realer kingdom values, the beautiful stuff. In John 17, the one time that I can think of where Jesus specifically prayed for you, for me, for future Christians— He didn't pray that we would defeat all the governments and that we would get the policies just right and that we would be brave enough to march and protest and demand lockdowns or not lockdowns. What what he prayed for was that we would be one. Why? Because he and the Father are one. And our unity is reflective of the DNA of who God is, of who the Godhead is. Us being together brings peace, brings the values of the kingdom, the redemptive values of the kingdom to the world, but also it points people to the reality of who God is. At no point do we see Jesus say, Father, I pray that someday they would fight very boldly and aggressively, that they would make great arguments, that they would yell at people a whole lot about their preferences one way or the other, and then they will know, those outsiders, that you and I are one, that the kingdom is real. Our game plan, our superpower, what we have is the hard-earned, at times difficult, at times pride-swallowing unity of the church unified behind the belief that God is the truest, realest thing, that the glory of God is the chief purpose of what we are doing and what we're pursuing as a church, that the kingdom of God is real, that the king is real, and that the values of that kingdom are the truest, realest values of all. That's where our investment needs to be. If you haven't got that exactly right, grace and peace to you, my friend. I haven't got that exactly right either. If there's damage that's been done, go heal it. Go fix it right now and pursue defiant, insistent, humble unity within your church with you being one more proponent of that. That's the only way that that kind of unity is actually going to happen. I understand this is a difficult conversation. Thank you for gaming it out with me. Thank you for considering what I'm throwing out and understand I am considering it as well. Amen. So thank you for listening with your heart. And uh, we're going to still pray all of our prayers um, as long as we normally do, because I don't want I don't want to rush this. So where you are and at home, let's just prepare our heart right now and let's get right into prayer. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Oh, for your goodness and who you are, Father. You are a good God. And God, we thank you that you are helping us and that you are helping every one of your children, one of, every one of your um, children and churches. God, we thank you, Father, for making yourself known, Father. Father, right now I lift up every house of God all around this world. Father, I thank you for helping, oh, the pastors and the leadership of those churches, Father. Father, continue to give them your godly sound wisdom. 
The Father, I ask that Aaron and hers be brought around them to lift up their hands and they can carry forth the vision together, Father. Oh, as a body, as a family, as a team. God, I thank you for surrounding them with every need they have. God, help them in their mind and their will and their emotions. Father, the pressures and the attacks and the onslaught of the enemy and the spiritual warfare, Father. God, I thank you for surrounding them and lifting them up in Jesus' name. God, we continue to call finances to their house to do what you've called them to do in that house. God, we, we all have specific things that you give us focus on, but we have one commonality of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, I thank you that every place that is called and ordained of you, that God, you would strengthen them in their inner man by your spirit. God, we thank you for the natural of everything that is needed with help, with finances. God, we thank you for favor upon their life, favor upon their churches, favor upon the vision in every area, God. God, we thank you that you're with us. You're with the church in this end time, in this end hour. God, may we be as one, Father, and encouraging one another, Father, with our words and not tearing each other down with our words, that we would pray one for another. God, do what needs to be done in the church in this hour, Father. I thank you for the fear of your presence in every house. Oh, to shake those things loose that need to be dealt with. Every hidden thing brought to light. We bind every attack and the onslaught of the enemy. And we plead the blood of Jesus over the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that we are arising and shining. Oh, and we're speaking out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we will conduct ourselves in that godly manner to please you in every area of our life. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, that you are for the church, that you have set the church in order. And, God, we thank you, Father, for your continued help. In Jesus' name. that you're a very present help in a time of trouble and in a time of need, God. And we just need you right now, Heavenly Father. So we just want to thank you and give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, God. Lord, we just come tonight, Lord, standing in agreement with our pastors, Lord. Uh, your word tells us, Lord, that we are to pray for those who are in authority, Lord. So we just come right now, Lord, just reinforcing, Lord, and just thank you, Lord, for the, the word and the prayer that our pastors brought for our government tonight, Lord, and we just stand with them because your word says it's the first importance, Lord, that we make petitions, prayers, and intercessions for our leaders, and that's what we're here to do tonight, Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that they're your ministers there for our good, and there's no authority, Lord, in office, Lord, that you haven't put there. So tonight, God, we just come with reverence tonight, just really... Uh, praying for our leaders, praying for our government, Lord, just on a national and a local level, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just lift up President Trump and his family, Lord, President uh, 
uh, Vice President Pence and his family. Uh, we also lift up, Lord, um, even in us uncertain time of transition, Lord, we pray for uh, Vice, uh, Vice President Harris, God, and, and President-elect uh, Biden, Lord, we lift them up and their families, Lord, because we know that you are a certain God, even in uncertain times, Lord. So we just pray, Lord, that the right decision will be made, Lord, and we know that you are in control. And, Lord, we just also cover all of Congress, the Supreme Court, all of the judges, senators, House of Representatives, armed forces, even down to our local governor, uh, Governor Roy Cooper, Mark Robinson, our mayors, Nancy Vaughn and Jay Wagner, our police chiefs, uh, Brian James and Jonathan Stroud. And we cover all of the government agencies, Lord, Child Protective Services, our school boards, DSS, all of those. We cover them under the blood of Jesus right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for your divine protection, God. We ask that you give them divine wisdom and uh, discernment, Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that these men and women would just have a heart for your people, God, not really a heart for a party or their opinion, Lord, but the heart for your people, Lord, that they will stand in agreement and in line with your word, with your will, Heavenly Father. And if there's anyone that's sowing division, uh, strife, or causing any one of your little ones to go astray, Lord, we just call them to repentance right now, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will convict but not condemn, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just pray for repentance in, in, in our nation, Lord. If there's any leaders, Lord, that is not in line with your will, God, we just pray, Lord, that you just draw them in with your love because it is your love that draws men into repentance, Lord. Lord, so we just thank you, Lord. If violence is not the answer. Love is the answer. This is your love draws men unto repentance, Heavenly Father. So we just thank you right now, Lord, for what you're doing on our political scene, Lord, even what you're working behind the scenes that we can't see, Heavenly Father. We know that you are still in control. We dispatch angels right now in Washington, D.C., Lord, just to cover all of that, what's going on right now in our nation, Heavenly Father. Lord, we submit it to you in prayer. We're just, just, we're just calling on you, God, because we need your help, Lord. We know that you are the only one that can fix this situation, Lord, but you can do it through our prayers, Heavenly Father. So we just come to you tonight, Lord, just lifting up all of our government, Lord, uh, locally, nationally, even internationally, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we just also want to thank you for this opportunity, God, just to pray for our spiritual leaders also. So, Lord, we just lift up our pastors, Pastors Joe and Misty Corn. We lift up Hannah, Joseph, Rachel, and Mom Judy. Lord, we just speak blessings over their household tonight, God. We just undergird them in prayer, adding our supply to the, to the vision of this house and to the great commission, Lord, the mandate that you've given to, uh, to this house, Heavenly Father. We just thank you, Lord, that we're able to add our supply, God. Thank you, Lord, that they know that they have people here that support them and helping them to carry the load and people that love them, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you, God, that we're just grateful for pastors after your own heart, Lord, that will lead us in, in knowledge and understanding, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you that they have a heart for your people, God. Lord, so we just speak blessings over their home, God, that you continue to open the door and give them utterance so that the gospel will be preached, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that they don't go through in word alone, but in 
the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you, God, that miracle signs and wonders will follow them simply because they believe in you. They believe in your word, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the, the sick being healed and the dead being raised and the blind seeing, God, miracle signs and wonders because our pastors are submitted unto you, God. They believe your word. They're submitting it to your word, Lord, and they walk in love. They walk in integrity, God. So we just thank you right now, Lord, for what you're doing in their home, God. And we lift them up and we stand with them, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you and we know that they have been called with the holy call, Lord, and not according to their own works, but it is according to your purpose, God. So we thank you for the pastoral grace on their life, God. Lord, we just thank you for for sending them here to Harvest Church. Lord, we thank you for sending them here to the triad and all of the work that they're doing, um, even internationally, God. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you're doing in their lives, God. Lord, we just thank you for giving them their daily bread, Lord, and fresh manna from heaven, God, as they continue to walk with you and talk with you, God. We just thank you, Lord, that they always seek the kingdom first, regardless of the situation. They seek the kingdom first in all of your righteousness, Heavenly Father. And we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they're continually increasing in their finances and their provisions, God. Lord, we know that the blessings of the Lord make them rich, and it adds no sorrow with it, Lord. They are abundantly supplied. They are blessed beyond measure and prosperous in every area of their lives, God. No weapon formed against them shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against them falsely is condemned in the name of Jesus, God. And we just thank you right now, Lord, just for... Um, you know, when people do what people do, God, that they still continue to love. They still continue to walk in love. They still continue to walk in integrity, God. Thank you for all of the situations that they cover, Lord, the things that they can't really share with anybody, Lord, but those deep wounds, oh, God, those hurts. When people hurt their soul, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a healer, God. We thank you right now, Lord, that you medicate their soul. You medicate their mind, their will, and emotions, Heavenly Father. And, and Lord, you are a healer. You are the comforter, God. Even in a time like this, in the pandemic, oh God, they're still walking in love. They're still walking in favor. They're still trusting and believing in you, Heavenly Father. We just thank you, God, to be a part of this ministry, Heavenly Father, so we continue to lift them up and undergird them, God. We just thank you for the refreshing and the renewing that's even coming right now, Lord, because they refresh others, themselves are being refreshed, God. So we just thank you, Lord, for our pastors, Lord, that pastors after your own heart, God, and they lead us in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The examples of integrity, the examples of being men and women of God and being a family of God, Lord, thank you for the example they, they, they set for um, my home and, and, and homes of the congregation here in the triad and worldwide. We lift them up, God, and thank you for your continued blessings upon their lives. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father God. We thank, thank you. We stand for your truth, and we don't believe the lies of the enemy. I thank you, Father God, that just as bold as the enemy tries to be, we're bolder in the light. We're bolder in righteousness because we're your sons and daughters. We are, you are our heavenly father. So God, you've already won. We already know, we already know the story. We already know the story in Revelation. You've already won. So Father God, we walk in that victory. We reevaluate ourselves, Father God. We reevaluate right now. We don't look at anybody else. We look at ourselves first. And Father God, that we look at our mission as a church, that we love God, we love people, 
and we live with purpose and God first, that we love you, that we run to the secret place with you, Father God, where nobody sees, nobody's around. That's what you love the most, God, because that identifies where our heart is, that we're not doing things for people to see us. That's fake. But Father God, that we're real with you and nobody's seeing us, Father God, that we're developing our relationship with you. Father God, we just cover our love for people because if we go to that secret place and we're getting our source from you, Father God, I thank you that the overflow is that we love with your love, Father God, for people. And we come against division. We come against all that's happening politically right now in the name of Jesus. You cannot happen. We take authority in the name of Jesus Christ and we say, light be. The enemy has to leave, the darkness has to go. And we stand our ground in boldness. We don't shriek back in fear. We stand in the boldness because Jesus mandated to his disciples, I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Jesus says this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. So that's how we live with purpose. We don't do this by the natural, but by the supernatural of Jesus living on the inside of us when we receive him as our savior. And we thank you, Jesus, for your authority, your spirit of peace, your spirit of light for all eternity that our time matters right now. We were born for such a time as this. We were not a mistake. And we take our boldness as sons and daughters to spread the light to this hurting world. And we're not gonna let it hurt. We're gonna spread the peace and the hope and the truth of Jesus Christ, the only savior of the world. And we thank you for all eternity. We're gonna take this, we're gonna, we're gonna have kingdom minded and take as many people as we can with us with the love of God shown to them. And we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that that's what we believe as a church. That's what we believe individually. And we will not sow disunity. We sow unity and peace. And we go to you as our source. We don't look to our pastors. We thank you for our covering, Father God. We support the body of Christ, but we don't draw on our pastors to be the savior. That is Jesus Christ. And we go to Jesus. We go to God ourselves. And we thank you. We stand as one in unity, as Harvest Church. We will not let division happen in this church. And we go unified, spreading peace and the love of God. And we are, for all eternity, making an impact in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Amen. Yes, Father. Father, we just thank you, God, on tonight, God, even as we've prayed and we've covered our nation and we've covered our, we've covered the church and the Lord God, Jesus Christ, God. We thank you, God, that you have not forgotten about us as individuals, God, but, God, that you cover families, God. God, we thank you, God, that every single family in Harvest Church, God, and every single believer, God, God, that you know us by name, Father. God, you said that you know the numbers of hairs on our heads, Father. And, Father, you are concerned about those things that concern us. So, Father, we just speak peace over our families on tonight, God. We thank you that they have peace in their homes. We thank you, God, that they have peace in their jobs. God, wherever they are, God, that they be a conduit 
God of peace, wherever they go and wherever they be. God, when they enter the room, God, the atmosphere has to change, God. When they're on the telephone, God, the conversation has to shift. The conversation, God, has to change because of who you are, God, on the inside of them. Father, we thank you that fathers are taking their rightful place in the home. We thank you that mothers are taking their rightful place in the home, Father. God, we even pray, God, for the orphaned, God. God, that you're a father. You said you'd be a father, God, to the fatherless God. Oh, God, I thank you, God, that there is no one, God, that is left behind with you, God, that you care and you love all of us, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're healing broken relationships in the family. God, that you're mending, God, that you're bringing unity about in homes. Father, if there's um, a need, God, in the home, God, that every single need is abundantly met and supernaturally supplied. God, that they're blessed. We're blessed in abundance to the full, God, till it overflows in every area, God, in our finances, God, in our relationships, God, in our health, God. Thank you for divine health and healing, God, within the family, God. We thank you that no manner of sickness and disease shall come nigh our dwelling place, God, but we thank you that you give your angels charge over us, God. God, that we won't even stump our toe, God. That's what your word says, Father. We thank you, God, that we're covered by the blood of Jesus and, God, that your angels encamp all around about us. God, I want to even pray, God, for the mother that has been praying for her children to come home. Father, I thank you that you're calling those children home. God, you said raise them up in the way that they should go and they would not depart from it. And God, even if they weren't raised in the way, we thank you, God, for perfect laborers. God, that you're sending them right now, God, to preach and to teach the gospel of the Lord John. Jesus Christ, God, and that you're drawing, God, those children back home, God. I thank you, God, that you're answering prayers. You're our prayer answering, God. Thank you that you hear us when, when we pray, Father. And, and God, we just thank you, God, for those that you have called to Harvest Church. We thank you, God, for every single volunteer, every single one that comes and gives of their time, God, and um, just effortlessly, God, and seamlessly. God, we thank you, God, that you restore that time, God, back to them, God. God, that you multiply, God, a hundredfold, God, that you bless us, God, to be a blessing to other people. So, Father, we're calling those volunteers in, God. We're calling everyone who serves in the ministry. We thank you, God, for every single gift, God, that is operating, God. Those that you have called, God, you have also equipped, God. And we just thank you for a special anointing, special grace, God, that as we'll say, that even in certain times, God, we serve a certain God. And we thank you, God, that with your super on top of our natural, God, there's nothing that we can't do and that we can't accomplish. So we call them forth, God. We thank you for those that are working, God, in the kingdom, God, working in the body of Christ. We love you, God, and we bless you. And we thank you, God, for all that you have done in this house. So, Father, we ask you for your continued help to help us walk as one father as you God the father God the son and God the Holy Spirit are one God help us as your church be the salt and the light that this world needs help us be as one and God we thank you for that anointing and God I thank you for that anointing on this house helping us father do what we cannot do in our own flesh but with your help, yield it to your spirit. Yield it to your anointing. God, we thank you for that right now. And that anointing removes every burden and destroys every yoke. It binds deception and it draws us closer together. 
God, we thank you. Forgive us if we've put our mouth one to another. And Father, may we not complain or chatter or breed disunity with our conversations. But God, help us to turn to you and pray one for another. God, thank you for that help. Thank you for that revelation for the body of Christ in this house. That we see clear like never before. And we are deeply rooted in the love of God. And none of these things in the world will move us. And no attack of the enemy that he's thrown to the church will disjoint us or misplace us. But God, with your help and your anointing, I thank you that we are perfectly fit together as your body. Each part supplying the importance that we need every single one of us together. And God, we thank you for doing that. We thank you, Father, for your presence for the fear and the awe of God. Every time we assemble, God, we thank you that you are moving and that you are speaking. God, that you are with us. We thank you for it. And God, for all that you are, who you are, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise the love of our life. We thank you that you lead and guide us every day. So we are not just mere voicing that we're Christians, but we're true disciples, followers of you. That God, you're correcting and adjusting us every day. And we thank you for that because you love us. That way, that love of God that's been shed abroad on our heart, we can share that love and that response to a hurting world. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for allowing us to expand this time tonight. And thank you all that are joining with us on this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have made a couple of adjustments on that date, as you've heard because we're starting this year our discipleship every second Wednesday. But just for the month of January, we moved that first teaching to the last Wednesday of this month so we could keep the first three Wednesdays sandwiched in between our prayer and fasting. So we're going to start that first discipleship the, um, the last Wednesday of January. So um, that's why we moved praying for our volunteers up to the third Wednesday on the 20th. So those of you joining online and those of you, you know, in the house that we can, we're praying in our homes from 7 to 8, and it has been so wonderful. So thank you. Um, if you need more explanation of how we're doing our fast and praying, you can go to our church website at harvest-triad.com, or those of you in the house, we have papers out in the foyer. Listen, Harvest family, my husband and I love you dearly. You are covered in prayer. And what God has begun in this house and in your homes, he's going to bring to full completion.
into the day of Jesus Christ because he's the one that gets all the glory. Amen? Amen. Well, I love you all. You may be dismissed, and we'll see you this coming Sunday.